Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope you are doing well, I hope you are doing safe, I hope you are being, you know, all of the things. Now today, of course, we're going to be talking about uh, activism within the community, how it started, what groups started it, and, you know, this is part of our very big, very grand discussion about pride, its origins, um, and how the meaning has evolved over time, and, you know, how the movement has evolved over time. But, uh, for today, we're going to be talking about a few key groups, um, a few key, a, a few key activist groups that helped shape the very beginning of the Pride Civil Rights Movement. So, first of all, we are going to talk about a group, we talked about a few of these groups last, I mean, not last week, yesterday. Uh, when we were discussing the beginnings of Pride, but we're going to go in more in-depth. Starting off first with uh, the Daughters of Belitis. The Daughters of Belitis, also called the DOB, or the Daughters, were formed in San Francisco, California in 1955 by four lesbian couples, including Phyllis Leone and Del Martin. Martin and Leon also have the distinction of being the first legally married gay couple in the U.S. at the start of the historic San Francisco 2004 same-sex weddings. Their marriage was voided six months later by the California Supreme Court. The Daughters of Belitis, D.O.B., was the first lesbian civil and political rights organization in the United States. The organization, formed in San Francisco in 1955, was conceived as a social alternative to lesbian bars, which were subject to raids and police harassment. As the DLB gained members, their focus shifted to providing support to women who were afraid to come out. The DLB followed the model of the homophile movement as developed by the Mattachin Society by encouraging its members to assimilate as much as possible into the prevailing heterosexual culture. The DOB advertised itself as a women's organization for the purpose of promoting the integration of the homosexual into society. So it's very much like um, the police back in the day used to target the community specifically because we, we we stood out and because we, like... You know, to them it was easy to be like, oh yeah, like go, oh, yeah, like it was easy to pick us out of a crowd, basically. And basically, what they did to combat that was like, they tried to become so integrated into society that like people couldn't tell the difference. Which, granted, was never really a thing. Like. um I, I get what they were going for, right? Because back in the day, like, people would just throw out assumptions left and right. So it was important to put precautions to avoid that. Anyway. When the club realized they weren't allowed to advertise their meetings in the newspaper, Leon and Martin began to print... My phone 
just locked. When the club realized they weren't allowed to advertise their meetings in the newspaper, Leon and Martin began to print the group's newsletter, The Ladder, in, in October of 1956. It became the first nationally distributed lesbian publication in the U.S. and was distributed to a closely guarded list of subscribers due to rational fear of exposing. Barbara Giddings was editor for the latter from 1963 to 1968, when she passed her editorship to Barbara Greyer, who greatly expanded it until the publication met its end in 1972 due to lack of funding. By 1959, there were chapters of the DOB in New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, and Rhode Island, along with the original chapter in San Francisco. The group also, the group also held conferences every two years from 1960 to 1968. As a national organization, the DOB folded in 1970, although some local chapters still continue. During its 14 years, DOB became a tool of education for lesbians, gay men, researchers, and mental health professionals. So that was a, that was a very early example of a group that uh, tried to do things in secret, but still tried to provide aid and support to those who needed it. Um, especially during a time where if you came out, you could be arrested or you could be, uh, you know, treated as like I don't know. Those are like religion is less is much less strict than it is now as it was back then so there were a bunch of implications um to coming out that people had to take into account back then that is not really a thing i mean there there are a lot of issues nowadays with coming out but it was more so back then okay the madison society yeah the madison society Founded in 1950, was one of the earliest homophile-slash-homosexual organizations in the United States, probably second only to Chicago Society for Human Rights, 1924. Harry Hay and a group of Los Angeles male friends formed the group to protect and improve the rights of homosexuals. Because of concerns for secrecy and the founders' leftist ideology, they adopted the cell organization being used by the Communist Party of the United States. In the anti-communist atmosphere of the 1950s, the society's growing membership replaced the group's early communist model with the more traditional emulatorive civil rights leadership style and agenda. Then, as branches formed in other cities, the society splintered in regional groups in 19, by 1961. Formed in Los Angeles in 1950 as the International Bachelor's Fraternal Order for Peace and Society and Social Dignity by William Dale Jennings, along with his companions, it rapidly began to influence gay surroundings. The Madison founders attempted to use their professional experience as gay men to redefine the meaning of gay people and their culture in the United States, along with intervening in social life in general. They later adopted the name the Madison Society in reference to the Society of Madison, a French medieval ma mask group that supposedly traveled broadly using entertainment to point out social injustice. The name symbolized the fact that gays were masked people who lived in, in anonymity and, un, and underprivileged. The society began sponsoring discussion groups in 1951, which provided lesbian and gay men in, an ability to openly share feelings and experiences, also fear and internal disagreements. 
For many, this was the first and unique opportunity to do so, and such meetings were often highly emotional affairs. Attendance at the Madison Society meetings dramatically increased in short time, and such discussion groups spread throughout the United States, even beginning to sponsor social events, write newsletters and publications, and hold fundraisers. Society's statement of missions and purpose from 1951 stands out today in the history of the gay liberation movement by identifying two important themes. First, it called for a grassroots movement of gay people to challenge anti-gay discrimination, and second, it recognized the importance of building a gay community. The society was forced to endure heavy pressure and public scrutiny during the anti-communist McCarthyism period due to the communist leanings of some of the society's members. In a column of the, of the Los Angeles newspaper in March 1953 in regards to the society, it was called a strange new pressure group of sexual deviants and security risks who were banding together to wield tremendous political power. This article generated a dramatic change that in the end, a strong coalition of conservative delegates challenged the society's goals, achievements, and, achievements and instruments. Leadership was demotivated to pursue further activities. The original founders resigned in 1953, and the organization was turned over to the conservative elements who brought in new elements of advocacy and group composition. Some modifications had to be done, and advocating took the approach of accommodation rather than mobilizing gay people. They sought the support of psychiatric profession, who they believed held the key to reform. This, however, had a devastating effect as discussion group attendance declined and many local chapters folded. The national structure was dissolved in 1961, with few chapters lasting a few more years. Organization's name was unique and not associated or affiliated with other movements that adopted the original symbolic name. Some of the unrelated groups are Chicago's Madison Midwest, Gay Liberation Front, and Gay Activist Alliance. Some of them arisen after the Stonewall Rebellion in 1969. Yes, it's... These are a very, very... These are very few examples of activism within the community as a whole and it shows that even back in the 60s before Stonewall and before everything that people credit to the modern boom of um, LGBTQ plus activism People were still out there trying to find ways to make sure that we were comfortable and make sure that we were safe and make sure that we were heard and make sure that we were taken care of. And it's crazy to think that uh, back in the 60s, there were these massive underground networks of information and support that were being that um, were being suppressed very heavily because even though it, society has gotten better, um, back then, uh, the LGBTQ plus community was such a big stigma that, like, people just refused to acknowledge it, and they wanted it to be silent. They didn't want, um, this message to get out. They didn't want the, um, 
people within the community to feel comfortable to talk about these things. So they did everything in their power to silence it and to um, make sure that it wasn't as widely distributed as mainstream things were back then. But uh, yes, this is going to be a very short video. I just wanted to highlight a few of the earlier groups of activism in the country. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be going into more depth. I'm um, starting tomorrow, actually. We're going to go into way more depth about a few key figures in the activism movement that helped shape, um, you know, where the community is nowadays. Right? Whether they designed a flag, whether they whether they were in charge of a movement, whether they were involved in a protest or in a in a march or whatever the case might be, if they had significance in the community, we will be talking about them over the week. I'm only gonna pick ten of them because there are only ten days left in the month. Um, but you know, we we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but yes, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, again, all the endings from, from the episodes, you are loved, you are seen, you are valid, you are heard, keep fighting, you got this, you're good, you are valid, keep rocking on. Also, remember, donate, protest, educate, sign petitions, make your voice heard, keep fighting, we got this, and I'll see you little gay babies tomorrow.